We had theaters in those days, not like these cine, omni, multi, whatchamaplex things today, with 29 screens the size of postage stamps. And we had fun. The ballyhoo, the giveaways, the bullshit. <laughs> I could tell you stories. The point is, we put the butts in the seats where they belong. to another episode of Cinebeef Podcast. This is episode number 76. Uh, we should do a little more celebrating the last episode, but I didn't realize what number episode it was. So, hey, 75, that rocks. Awesome. <laughs> with, me to- <laughs> with me tonight <laughs> is Mr. Jeffrey X. Martin. Hello, everybody. Happy 75 plus one episodes. Yeah. And Jamie Jenkins. Yes, hello, everyone. <laughs> And special guest, and uh, I, I torture this guy off, and I guess we're watching these bad movies. Mr. Brian Sammons, how you doing, sir? I'm doing well. Uh, thanks for having me on. Oh, hey, for he sure. asked to be on this one, so he can't complain about the movie choices. He's got to be on the bad ones, too. It's, it's not really fair. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> you wouldn't want me on those, because I get angry. Uh, I want to hear your views on Hobgoblins. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <you know? laughs> That's, I told you he refused to watch it with me. Yeah, I told her to get in the other room if she was going to watch that crap. <laughs> oh, boy. And that yeah, never but... happens. Like, he'll watch <laughs> anything with me. I have a pretty high tolerance, but it does have its limits. <laughs> we'll start the show with what we've been, what you've been watching lately. Uh, I'll start with you, X. I have been watching, um, I don't know, some good stuff. I've watched Creed, which is not really a Rocky sequel. And it's not really a spinoff either, but Rocky's in it, so <laughs> um, it's 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 kind of weird. It's like a Rocky movie that doesn't particularly need Rocky in it. So, but I really enjoyed it. The boxing is pretty amazing in it, and um, I like the story. So I was it's 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 a crowd pleaser, and being one of the crowd, I I was pleased. Um, did I talk about Pieces last time? Because I got to watch Pieces, the big ass Blu-ray from Grindhouse. Not yet. Oh, that's beautiful. That's so beautiful. I mean, the movie is just goofy as all hell, but man, it looks so good, and it sounds so good when she screams bastard three times, and it's so (laughs) clear when the the kung fu instructor leaps down from the building and then just does the worst racist Asian accent ever. 
you know, worse than Charlie Chan. So that's great. I watched that. And then I got a hold of the Criterion version of The Graduate. I had forgotten what a weird-ass movie The Graduate is. That is a weird movie. Everybody, I mean, everybody's so detached from each other. I don't understand why they do anything. Everyone seems like they should just be in suspended animation. There's not a lot of motivation. I don't, yeah, and you don't like any of the characters because they're really just assholes. But I don't know. It's a classic, so I looked at it, and there, there you go. It's not really weird to me because I'm a fan of the cougar, if you know what I'm saying. Well, she was only 35 when they made the movie, though. Mm-hmm. You know, I saw when I, I saw when I was like 15. So you know, you know how I feel. You know. <laughs> All right, that's 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 fair. I understand the cougar factor to it also, but she, I don't know, she's a bitch. She was mean. I don't like her. So anyway, yeah, that's what I've been watching. <laughs> Great. That. <laughs> Jamie. Um, well, we also watched Creed, and we watched The Towering Inferno, and Bridge of Spies. Um, we saw, um, Man from Uncle. Oh, yeah. Um, The Witch. How I was The Witch? She gonna discuss that, I guess, here, to tell us what you like about it, because... I don't know, man. X kind of scares me. (laughs) (laughs) Tell him your feelings. He gonna bite you. (laughs) No, we both really loved it. Yeah, we did. a lot. Uh, I can't wait to see it again. Great. Anything else, Jamie? Um, I feel like there was something that I'm forgetting, but I don't know. Yeah, I'm drawing a blank. I don't know. Um, I agree that Creed was really enjoyable. I liked it a lot. Surprisingly so. Uh, after the last Rocky film, I wasn't expecting. Well, that one was okay. About? That was good. Yeah. The one before that, the where he has Rocky asked, Five. Yeah, like. Tommy Gunn and all that crap. Rocky's Poe. Yeah. But Rocky's punchy. Creed was surprisingly well done. I really enjoyed that. Uh, Man from Uncle was so so. It wasn't bad, but it wasn't amazing. I enjoyed it. Yeah, it was a decent enough watch, but it's not like the, uh, the TV the, show. Well, definitely not like that, but it's not like the Guy Ritchie films that I first fell in love with. Now, I don't need everybody walking around speaking all cockney and all that, but just, I don't know, there was missing a certain something, I thought. Um, the ri- the witch is very atmospheric. Uh, I-, I could see it easily falling into the not-for-everybody category, but uh, like when we saw it, we could tell some people in the theater just didn't like it, and uh, but others seemed to dig it. We really did, and uh, I think that's been about it. Okay, yeah, as far as I go, uh, I, I treated myself, and I, I got the first three Three Ninjas films, and to see how they hold up, and those are still really fun. It's really fun watching Victor Wong's uh, stuntman do all his work for him in overhead shots and stuff like that, and it's obviously not him, because this guy's, like, tall and slender and kicking people in the face, but um, the Three Ninjas is a weird animal for me, because it's the film that taught me about, about pressure points. If you've seen the film, you know what I'm talking about, where Grandpa made the dummy to teach the kid about pressure points, and they 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 punch him in the eyes with light up, so you know, light up the eyes, boys. But that's how I learned how to defend myself, if you will, without you know, with with minimal uh, damage, I guess you would call it, kind of like a hit and run kind of deal, you know. And I, I appreciate that film for 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 that reason. 
Uh, I watched Spotlight. That was a, a decent film about the uh, abusive priest in Boston. I'm not sure if it was fictional or real. I couldn't tell you for sure. But it's nominated for a bunch of awards. So if you guys want to check out Spotlight, and it was it was it was okay. I, I was kind of expecting a little bit more, but you know, it's a to each their own, <laughs> basically. I really want to see Creed that. Oh, well, go ahead. Yeah. I, was I watched Creed as well. <laughs> it's fine. I don't. I don't want to interrupt you. No, I was just saying I want to see it. Okay. Uh, I watched Creed as well. Uh, I'm, I'm a Rocky junkie, so you know how you feel. How I feel about that, and but like you guys said, it's not really a Rocky film, but Rocky happens to be in it. It's more and more about uh, uh, Adonis, who is Apollo's uh, son, <laughs> coming up and getting more disciplined or whatnot. Um. Besides that, um, oh yeah, well it'll be my beef of the week. My 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 other watches, so I'll I'll leave it there, and I'll we'll move on to now our beefs of the week. Start with our guest, uh, Brian. Do you have anything to piss pissing you off, sir? Uh, yeah. Um, since I just mentioned the witch, uh, whether you like the movie or not, one thing that I think uh, that movie has been great for is discussions. I I haven't seen so many people talking about so many various aspects of filmmaking, horror, um, just movies in general uh, than I have in the last week or so. And there's been some really good articles coming out, you know, opinion pieces. And one of them really struck a chord with me, and uh, and I'm blanking on the uh, author's name. But he basically did this whole big long piece on the, what he called the gatekeepers of horror. It's the people that, you know... Jason Coffey? Kauf- Kaufman? Kaufman, yes, Jason Kaufman. Jason Kaufman. Yeah. Um, and what he called the gatekeepers of horror and those other people that, you know, step up on soapboxes and loudly proclaim what is or is not a horror film. And uh, that always just hits my, you know, my button. It's like, if you don't like a film, fine. If you don't think a film's scary, fine too. You know, horror is an emotion and emotions, you know, and nobody reacts to things the same way. But it's subjective. Yeah, and, but there's these people, oh, that's not a horror film. Yeah, it is. Oh, no, it's not. No, it is. You may not like it. You may not think it's scary. That's two different things. But for you to sit there and think that you have the authority to dictate genres for everybody else, no, you really, really don't, you self-important wanker. Um, And anyways, it was just – and it goes the other way too. Uh, One of my pet peeves has always been, you know, the the, the wine-sipping – you know, beret-wearing uh, people who like to smell their own farts. Uh, when, like, Silence of the Lambs came out, how that, oh, that's not a horror film. It's a thriller. Really? It's about serial killers, you know, wearing skin and murdering each other and ripping faces off. Oh, no, 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 no. It's a, because it's too good to be a horror film. You know what? Screw you. There are plenty of good horror films out there. You snobby uh, son of a... <laughs> I'll argue thriller with horror elements, you know, that, that's, that but it definitely has got horror elements in there. Well, and, 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 you know, that's fine. I'm, I'm of the mind that a movie can be a horror movie and a thriller. 
Yes. Uh, another example would probably be Psycho. I think that falls in both categories very you know very well. But you shouldn't. I don't know. It just these people uh, uh, for their own agendas, for their own point of views, trying to classify things as certain ways. Um, you know, the diehard blood and guts, you know, gore fans. You know, oh, that movie wasn't brutal. There wasn't blood in it. You know, shut up. There are very, very different flavors of horror films. Um, each one have pros and cons, and they should all be sampled, and they should all be tasted. And if you don't like a certain fight, again, that's fine. But don't dare, oh, that's not a horror film. And then they, you know, of course, they get their ire up, and they take it to the next level. You know, anybody who likes that don't know horror. You know, I don't know. It just, it really irks me. So, uh, anyways, I was glad to see that article out there. And just, it was written far better than I could do it. And uh, it was one of those pieces where I agreed with it, you know, in basic lockstep uniformity. You know, everything I thought, he thought, and he wrote it so well and eloquently. So, I shared it uh, on Facebook in a few places. I really, and again, you don't like the film? That's great. And he says as much. But, you know. Yeah, you are allowed to like or dislike any film that you choose. It's, it doesn't. Liking a film or disliking a film does not make you any less or more of a horror fan no. than anyone else. But these certain limited people who think horror can only be this or it can only be that. And it definitely can't be this. No. Anyways, that's, yeah. that's my beef. <laughs> okay. Uh, Jamie. Um, I was having a time transferring the data to my new phone. That's horror. Yeah. That's horror. <laughs> That's, that's, pretty much <laughs> that's pretty much what's been on my mind for the last, what, like three hours, four hours? I don't know. It was a bitch. <laughs> uh, but other than that, I guess I'm doing okay. Um, yeah. Okay. X? I guess mine goes along with Brian's. And I guess you were probably expecting this, Jamie. Um, but you know what? I, I I want people to like The Witch. I really do. I think there are people that it's specifically made for, and I think that it's good. That It's like Brian said, that it's causing so much discussion. Here's what I don't like. I don't like when people wrap themselves around a movie like they're trying to save a giant sequoia from being cut down by a bulldozer and kind of choose that as their hill to die on. Um, and that's happening a lot with The Witch, where if you have something negative to say about it, you are immediately shouted down. Um, I don't like that. I don't think that's f fair, for one thing. It, it certainly doesn't make for discourse or you know, actual conversation. I'm trying to find, I'm, I'm, as I'm trying to find the tweet that really just set me off the other day. Well, Basically, to, I will go along with it and say to be to back you up. There's idiots on both sides of every argument, right? And I'd like to hear both sides of the argument. But, exactly. But also, this is. I'm trying to think of how I'm, how how I'm trying to say this. Um, you can't take a movie and just make it your own. Like here, here's a tweet right here where this is someone that I don't know 
who says that this is one of the few films where I'm comfortable saying that anyone who doesn't like it is wrong. Just wrong. <laughs> no room for argument there. Seriously? So no matter what I have to say, you're going to shut me down immediately just because, you know, I disagree? Jesus, how am I supposed to... What, what if we were in a restaurant together? What if I ordered something that you didn't like? What the fuck would you do then, you ass? <laughs> now, so, and Brian and I say that to each other all the time, or even... Um, like I was doing a show on Devour where I was just like, oh, and then when I went to post the show, it was uh, about It Follows. And I think when I posted the show, I said something like, you know, here, um, listen to this show to find out all the reasons why if you don't like this movie, you're wrong. Um, now, I mean that in jest. And right. so does Brian when yeah. he tells, when he says that to anyone or to me. I mean, he said it to me today. <laughs> We're talking about something. Well, you're just wrong. Because um, it's such a stupid idea. It is. I mean, you cannot, no. you empirically cannot tell someone that their opinion is wrong. It, it just goes, <laughs> it's not science, folks. It's opinions. It's feelings. Right. It's, you right. know. Yeah. So, yeah, I often say that, but I say it in a snarky, sarcastic way. Well, if you don't agree, you're just wrong. Or everybody's entitled to an opinion, even when they're wrong. And yeah. just because it is such an alien idea to me of people, well, you're wrong. No, I'm not. It's my opinion. Right. I cannot be wrong. <laughs> but again, when people wrap themselves around, like, It Follows or The Witch or, excuse me, but the goddamn Babadook, what the fuck? Movie I'm said. to pick on everything I love? Yeah, I'm well, sorry. No. You're, you're just no, wrong. I, no, I don't like the I haven't I don't like picking on Brian either. yet. <laughs> Half of this cast don't like the Babadook. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I, I really, I really do love horror movies. I honestly do. I just didn't like those. Just not good ones. <laughs> a lot of good ones, just not. No, I know what you, you state a good one would be. Apparently, um, <laughs> you, you, you know, know what, what I'm Babadook, saying. Huh? You know what the Bob? You know what the Babadook needed? It needed a, a uh, maybe like a two-minute montage of her whooping that kid's ass if they just did something wrong. Set to the theme of the Brady Bunch. Yes. Well, I would yes, love it... to have seen that. <laughs> yes, that would have been fine. I like <laughs> the cast. Does, does this help? Because at least she's trying that, see. <laughs> a, little, a little discipline. A little, that's all I'm asking for. Right. Yeah, I really did like the guest, so if that gets me over any, I'll, I'll go ahead and take that. Um, but that's all I'm saying. Is please don't be such a dick about a movie that you enjoy that you can't even have a discussion with somebody about it if they're wrong, because that just makes you just a, a horrible type of person. Maybe I mean, you, you know, you might like puppies and kittens and stuff like that, but if you're if you're that willing to shut down that fast, you're a terrible type of person. I always think that those are people that don't have the strength of their own convictions. They what? can't they can't hear anything contrary to what they've already formed in their head, because you know. Oh my God! I could be wrong. Oh, they're starting to make sense, and so they figuratively put their fingers in their ears and go, "Na na 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 na! I can't hear you! Na na na!" And that's all that thing is. That's when they just try to shut you down so quickly, and they don't want to hear any discussion. It's like, well, well I guess you don't that, really and, believe as strongly as you think you do. And that's what set me off. It's because it was a treat from Devin Ferrissey, who is a well-known curmudgeon, but for crying out loud, basically he just said, "I don't want to hear it." If you didn't like this movie or think we overhyped it, we didn't. If, if you don't want to hear it, then 
don't come on the internet then. That's yeah, all exactly. Saying. And that's the point, because there's sometimes people will say stuff that I don't agree with, and I'm like, eh, I don't care, and I just leave it alone. I yeah, wouldn't purposely go fishing adult. for it. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I definitely wouldn't send a tweet out saying, I don't want to hear any of this stuff. Because then you're yeah. just asking for it. That's, that's stop trying to hit me and hit me. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's ridiculous. So uh, anyway, yeah, I've, I've been pissed about that for a good four or five days. Um, but it's, it's good. I'm over now. <laughs> we can tell. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, oh, I understand, though, how you feel being on the side of the fence that is in the minority, maybe when people are so vehemently against your opinion, I feel yeah. the same way whenever I talk to anyone about the nightmare remake, I was going to bring that up. <laughs> I have had to defend myself countless times on countless shows against a continuous barrage of people shouting me down and arguing me down and telling me how, how wrong I was. And I just keep doing it. You know, I'm just like, you can think what you want to think. That's your opinion. But this is, you're asking me why I like it. I'm telling you why I like it. And for the record, I really liked the Nightmare remake too. And that was before I met you. Yay. So. And here's something, but here's something, <laughs> Jamie, that you know, and you know this about me, is that I, I have an entire list of reasons why I can't stand one of your favorite movies. Oh, which one? It's Friday the 13th Part 2. Ooh, I like that one. Yeah. It's not as good as Part 4, but... Well, right. But I mean, And she and I have talked about this, just where I know that she really enjoys it, and I'm like, uh, okay. <laughs> just kind of have to let that be. Well, one of the things I always say uh, on shows or just in general to people is, you know, I, I actually like hearing different opinions than mine. Um... Another little beef of mine is when people just say, I didn't like it. Why? I don't know. It just sucked. It's just stupid. Uh, well, maybe just keep that to yourself because you obviously have nothing intelligent to say. <laughs> You're not bringing anything to the conversation. Just you know, Or, I mean, even probably the reverse. I liked it. Why? I don't know. I just did. It was cool. Yeah. I want to hear people, but I want them to be able to tell me why. And I still may not agree with you. Chances are I won't if... You say, I disliked it, and I say I liked it. Just because you tell me reasons, I'm not going to go, well, golly, I now see the light. I was totally wrong. But I like hearing people's opinions. I like, what did you see that I didn't, either for or against? But that's because, I, maybe because I am secure in my own opinions. I don't need, you know, to live in an echo chamber and surround myself only with people that just say the exact same thing I do, that think the exact same way. I think too many people do that. You know, they, they only want to have their own opinions reinforced, never challenged. Well, I've had films that I was wishy-washy on. Like, I, I, I did a small review, a written review on uh, the latest Bill Murray film, Rock the Casbah, which was an okay film. But the, the politics in the, in the film, you know, which is a conflict that's very much still going on and where, where it takes place and some stuff that goes on in the film, is what made me wishy-washy about it, which made me kind of... On the fence, do I like it or do I don't like it? I'm still in the middle on it just because of, of the politics. Well, that happens too. I mean, there's movies where I'm like, eh, you know, I, I don't really. So that's why I usually watch every film, even if I liked it or hated it for the first watch. I try to give it a second watch to see, okay, do I still like it as much or do I still dislike it as much? 
and especially the ones I don't I am you know ambivalent towards. I'm like, okay, I definitely need to see that again. Because yeah, I mean, because it could be something you ate that day. You yes, know? and I, that's that's exactly right. Opinions are. I mean, you could have you know gotten a call from your mom and got some bad news, or you know whatever you know your boss yelled at you. You know, your girlfriend and you aren't seeing eye to eye, so you go to the movie and you're already in a piss poor mood. So you're just going to sit there and hmph. And then when the movie's on you, oh, that movie just wasn't any good. This is a capper to my shit suck day. Exactly. And you may not even know that you're having a bad day or you're feeling that way. But, you know, just because of that, this movie is now not going to be good. Conversely, I mean, I've had it happen the other way where I've been, woohoo, life is great, and go see a movie, and oh, that movie was awesome. And then I see it a second time, I'm like, huh. <laughs> it wasn't quite as good as I remember. It was an adrenaline rush, though, by the gods. Okay, well, good. Oh, I'm glad God. we have this all hammered out and that we all still like each other as people, even though we have differing opinions. Well, and... And we're on the internet. When you, when you posted on Facebook about, you know, your Twitter issues, and... <laughs> Those are twishues. Twish your twishues. <laughs> Can you wipe those away with a tissue? That was no. bad. I'm sorry. No. I want that one. I'll take that one back. That's okay. <laughs> but you know, and I said in my post, I was like, you know, I completely respect and appreciate your opinion, even if I do disagree. Yeah. And that's true. And you how know, hard is that? I may not I may not hold the same opinion, but that doesn't mean I think you're wrong. It doesn't mean that I think you're stupid. It means that we have different opinions. That's all there is to it. And you and I have much more in common film-wise than we do not in common. Yeah, absolutely. And there's no reason to focus on the one thing that we don't have in common, you know, because that's, that's silly. That just seems, that seems anti-human. <laughs> absolutely. So anyway. That's what that's always going to be my beef, Gary. Though is I just want people to be fucking nice to each other and just be cool and not. Well, good luck with that. I know, but that's all. I know I'm an idealist, and I realize this, but still, good grief, learn some manners if nothing else. <laughs> oh, I forgot two films that I watched. Uh, they both involved Joseph Gordon-Levitt. <laughs> I watched the I watched the Walk, which was excellent about the the French guy who walks between the, the World Trade Center uh, towers and. On the high wire, that's pretty awesome. And uh, a holiday film that you probably guys will enjoy around your holiday times. X said you guys like those a lot. Uh, the night before, oh, I, uh, I want to see that really badly. <laughs> and with 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 a Falcon and uh, Seth Rogen and what Emily calls the Jiggles, uh, just Joseph Gordon-Levitt as well. You know, <laughs> she loves to call him the Jiggles. I, I laugh every time she says, "Oh yeah, I laugh every time she says it too." But um, my beef is uh, not about horror at all. It's about children's films. Yes. With Disney Pixar, man, because I've watched some recently. I, I, I watched Inside Out, and last week I watched Up, and then I recently got to watch The Good Dinosaur. Were these all films all, all have in common? Deep Depression, okay? It, it, it terribly. I mean, if you, if you look at the film Up, in the first twenty minutes, they, they the, the 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 husband and wife in the film they they meet they fall in love as kids they they get married as when they're older she finds out she's barren she gets cancer and she fucking dies 
Like, why is this guy a curmudgeon? Because he had a fucking hard road. That's all I'm saying. This is all on a kid's film in the first 20 minutes. And Inside Out is all about, you know, emotions of, of kids and then basically emotions breaking in kids. They're literally character of emotions. And, you know, the girl becomes more and more emo throughout the film because her, her emotions are breaking down. And that sucks, too. But then The Good Dinosaur, I was just, I was just, I was watching it. I was just waiting for it. Where's the tragedy within 20 minutes? And then, pow! Some main, big main character dies in the first 20 minutes of that movie. And the same can be made with American Comedy for, for Big Hero 6 as well. Mm. I, I, love I do love me some Big Hero 6. I, I love me some Honey Lemon. That's why I watch it a lot, you know. I don't, I'm just a fan of Puffy Robot, as he's known around here. Well, Honey, Honey Lemon is the, the, the slim, nerdy girl. Oh, the one that <laughs> throws the paintballs around or whatever? Yes. Yes, and that turns me on. Paintballs? The slim, no, the slim, nerdy girl, <laughs> you know. Because she knows stuff. She can help by the, by, with my homework, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Paintballs sounds like an old Greg and Clark movie. <laughs> well, if you haven't seen it, you got to watch Big Hero 6. I love that movie, you know, so. But see, I don't. this, this is why I don't watch cartoons, for this exact same reason. Bambi's mother dies. Uh, fucking Mufasa gets run over by, you know, nature. Just all this horrible shit happens in Disney cartoons. But if you sing about it, it's okay. There's no songs in The Good Dinosaur. Well, I didn't know that because I haven't watched it. Because <laughs> I am self-protective. Oh, this is marketed to kids, and I guess, you know, want to make kids like in their place, like make them little sad little human beings so they can give them more drugs. And I don't know if this is what Pixar's intention is, but... It seems like that to me, that they need to perk these kids up with some drugs because they're already sad from watching this hour-and-a-half sob fest about a dinosaur who, uh, uh, spoilers, lost his father in the first 20 minutes of the flood, and he loses his whole family because he has to go find them. But he meets an adorable little cave boy who lost his family as well, so they're like two of a kind, you know. It hasn't been a good kids movie since the bad news bears go to Japan. <laughs> <laughs> You lied to yourself. You lied to yourself. <laughs> that's where that's where it took a shit for me, man. I don't know. I, I love to see Linklater's remake, but I, I don't like that Japan one too much. Breaking training's funnier, but okay, I'll be quiet. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna leave that alone, man. That's right. And uh, yeah, beef. Another beef would be people, not not people, not you people, but like big like companies throwing Valentine's Day in my face. Ah, uh, yeah. I, uh, I don't have a girlfriend, and let me tell you why. Because I don't have the patience for one. But let me tell you, I had a fine Valentine's Day all by myself. I I watched I watched three movies. I don't know they're, they're love movies all the way, but you know, I watched My Bloody Valentine, which actually got a redemption for people. Yay, redemption! Because it did have all those dumb, unfinished gore scenes in there, and I enjoyed watching the film a whole lot better. Uh, loved ones I watched, and then I watched My, my Candy, the, the Pretty in Pink, the 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 very sultry Annie Potts, who I love and I love and love and love, you know. So that was that was a good Valentine's Day without uh, promotion or whatever. Solitude rules sometimes. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's about my beefs, and I, I'm gonna leave that be. But we'll move on to the films we're gonna discuss tonight, which I, I think it's a good trio of films. They're all they're all about real terror in the aisles, I guess you would call it. Uh, one being demons, another being. Um, Matinee, and another being popcorn. That's a good one. <laughs> and uh, we're going chronological order on this one, and we're going to Demons from 1985 right through the trailer. 
preview you are about to watch is for a movie that is unlike any you have ever seen before. It is for a movie that goes beyond temporary fear to everlasting terror. It is a movie called Demons. Yes, the demons are coming, and they're coming for you. Warning, if you have the courage to see demons, sit near an exit. Otherwise, you might never get out. In your theater, who will survive the touch of the demons, and who will not? Demons. With music by Billy Idol, Motley Crue, The Adventures, Rick Springfield, and Saxon. This is no dream. This is happening right now. And it could be happening to you. Demons. They will make cemeteries their cathedrals. And the cities will be your tombs. Will you survive it? Demons. Demons from 1985. Uh, plot synopsis is this. A group of people are trapped in a large movie theater in West Berlin that is infected by ravenous demons who proceed to kill and possess the humans one by one, thereby multiplying their numbers. Gets a 6.7 or IMDb. And, uh, yeah. Directed by Lumberto Bava. And a uh, great score by, um, oh, it's right on top of my head, too. Claudio Simonetti. Claudio Simonetti, yes, indeed. I know I forgot. I feel so stupid on my own show, see? Oh, man. But um, who wants to kick this off? How about our guest, Brian? How do you feel about Demons, sir? I love this movie. A um, little bit of a spoiler. I pretty much like all the films that we're going to talk about. But this was the reason why I wanted to come on the show, because uh, I've always been a big fan of this movie. It's, it's a big bowl of silly. Uh, nothing really makes a whole lot of sense in this film, but it's glorious in what it does. It It is uh, unapologetic. It's just, hey, we're going to make a monster movie, and people are going to turn to demons because, and there's going to be a mask, and there's going to be a dirt bike, and there's going to be a samurai sword in this movie theater, because why not? And then a helicopter is going to come through the roof because, you know, that happens. And uh, it just it goes on and on and on. Um, I love the metal soundtrack. I love the, the, the awkward soundtrack. Uh, there's a group of these hardcore coke-sniffing punk rockers uh, driving around in a stolen car. And, like, when you first see them, they're listening to, like, not necessarily smooth jazz, but, like, easy listening, uh, light rock and roll stuff. They're and listening I'm like, to, they're listening to Go West. We close our eyes. Well, there you go. And I'm like, see, why would these guys be listening to that? <laughs> and then they kick it up a notch with some Billy Idol later on. I'm like, okay, well, at least you're going in the right direction, but you need to go a little bit further. Um, I, I love the goopy, gory, and goofy special effects, and I I love what they get away with. Uh, there's a scene of this woman who is all demonified. And she kind of, like, doubles over on her hands and knees, like, in a doggy position. And then her back blows out. And, like, another full-grown, full-size demon, you know, peeks his head out of the back. And, you know, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out how they shot that. But it was still cool. Um, I love the characters in this. You got the 
the pimp with his two ladies. You got the blind guy. And I never understand, is that the woman he is with who this blind guy goes to the movie theaters and he brings his woman along to basically narrate the, the, the show to him. And then like halfway through it, she goes running off with some guy she just met to go make out in a corner. And I'm like, is that his wife? Is that just his assistant? I think oh. that's just his like service provider, assistant okay. person, service <laughs> provider. She's Verizon. <laughs> but, you know, I just, for me, this movie's just a big ball of fun. I first saw it, you know, years and years ago when I was in my early teens and I was going through my horror glut. When I first discovered horror films, I just mainlined them. And uh, this one has just always stuck with me. So it's, uh, I love, you know, driving around a dirt bike in a movie theater with except blasting, you know, fast as a shark. And uh, you got the katana and just, yeah, yeah. And people just jumping into the blade. Um yeah, who knew a like a gut stab would bring down a demon? Well, yeah, these are these are some wimpy these, demons. They, these demons die like chumps. <laughs> but uh, like, oh no, you barely sliced me across the middle. Uh. And like the whole plan is predicated on okay, we're gonna put this weird mask on this mannequin on a dirt bike with a katana because you know, and somebody's gonna have to pick the mask up and put it on and get scratched. So thus begins the end of the world. I love, like, the Nostradamus angle they try to, you know, oh, he predicted World War One and World War Two and this and this, and the rise of the demons. It's like, yeah, I, I never heard that one before, but okay, we can go with it. Um, the guy with a metal face, for no reason, just because it looks cool. So, I think... I call I, I call him Kano, because of Mortal Kombat, yeah. see? <laughs> I think that's the, the mantra for this film. It may not make a lot of sense, but it looks cool. So, I'm fine with that. It always puts a smile on my face. Fair enough. Uh, Jamie? I love it, too. And the funny thing is, I never remember how much I do until I'm about halfway through it. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, I love this movie. Because the beginning, honestly, kind of bores me a little bit. And I always end up, and like, my brain wanders. And then when we get to all the shit going down in the theater, it's like I snap to. And then... I'm loving every second of it. It's super fun. I mean, you've got this, like, helicopter come crashing into the theater that just happens to have, like, a grappling hook gun thing. I mean, what the hell? Where the hell? It was a, it was, it was a winch. Uh, right? I don't know why a winch should be on a helicopter. But, yeah, you know, who that, knows? That's just me. <laughs> Unless it was, like, a rescue helicopter. I watched San Andreas, okay? So <laughs> the, the, the rock was rescuing folks with that winch. Well, one of my favorite lines is actually in the movie within the movie where he goes, whoever wears this will turn into a demon. How do you know that? Because it says here, whoever wears this will turn <laughs> into a demon. <laughs> that cracks me up so hard. <laughs> but, I mean, it's just fun. You've got, like, parkour demons flying all over the place, and he's just riding across the top of theater seats on a motorcycle slashing them with a katana, just all willy-nilly haphazard. And, I mean, who couldn't have fun with that? If you don't have fun with that, you're just wrong. Yes, you're wrong. (laughs) Well, damn it. (laughs) (laughs) And then um, we were talking, is that Bob in the the kid in the Jeep at the end? Yes, it is Bob. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I thought so. I never never took the time to look it up, but... um, also, the I red, like, 
the redheaded usherette is the redheaded girl from the beyond. Oh, okay. oh nice. Um, yeah, I never took the time to look it up, but Brian asked me, he's like, is that? And I said, Bob. <laughs> so he's like, yeah. And I'm like, well, if it's not, then he clearly looks like him because we both had the same thought. But I never stopped to check it for sure. But um, so then after he said that for the, you know, the rest of the movie, which was what, like three minutes, I was going, Bob, mommy, mommy. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that kid. Yes, indeed. But, you know, fun movie. Good time. X. <clears throat> Excuse me. Italian horror is probably in the top five list of things that I love. And I think Demons is just one of the best. Um, the makeup effects are just disturbing and weird. Lots of splitting fingernails and teeth coming out of, oh, yeah. of gums and green ooze everywhere. <clears throat> I, I, one of the things that really I appreciate about this is not just the movie within a movie, but it's the guy in the silver mask. It's Kano. He's played by Michele Suave, who directed The Church and, of course, De La Morte, De La More. He's the guy who sets everything in action. So you have to think he's the guy who set up the mask and the motorcycle and the katana because he's the one handing out the invitations to the movie at the beginning of the movie where Jamie zones out. Um, but he's also in the movie within the movie. So he's in the Nostradamus movie and he's outside the Nostradamus movie. And he's there at the end when the helicopter falls through the, the cinema. So who the hell is this guy? What's going on? I have no idea, and I don't know what he's supposed to be. But it's a fine mystery, and I enjoy trying to trying to figure that out. Um, but yeah, there's really nothing about this movie I don't like. I love the soundtrack. I love the score. Um, I like how it just goes absolutely fucking banana pants, and then. Once they get outside the theater and you realize, oh, this is happening to the entire world, it kind of grounds itself again. And I like that. It doesn't just stay, you know, nutty. <clears throat> they go outside and they meet Bob. So, yeah, I just I, I think this is one of the best. Um, Demons 2 is not as good, but it's still fun. And then they tried to lump. Oh, it's fun. And, but they tried to lump a bunch of other movies into the Demons franchise that don't really go like the church. Demons 3, The Ogre. Yeah, it's got nothing to do with anything. So if you've never seen the Demons movies and you're going to watch them because of this podcast, because you have fine taste and are a discerning type of person, yeah, don't worry about like 4 and 5. Those are kind of lame. But yeah, fucking love this movie, man. Yeah, uh, I guess I get my, my likes started out but I'm with the, the, the luscious uh, white-suited pimp daddy Bobby, Bobby Rhodes, who's just Who's so cool, he, he gets scratched and bit by a demon, comes back as a demon, dies as a demon, comes back for the sequel as a muscle-bound, crazy fitness guy, you know. And th- th- that, that's pretty awesome to me. I, I gotta meet that guy one of these days. Uh, I have met somebody from this film, uh, Garetta Garetta, who plays Rosemary, one of uh, Bobby Rhodes' uh, women of the evening, I guess you would call them. I'm not, I'm not quite sure if Bobby's a pimp or not, but, you know, he just keeps these women around him. And, uh... <laughs> She she's lovely. <laughs> she she's very lovely actually. She's very she's very attractive too. You know, if you like that that slender type type girl, you know, I, I'm fine with that. He's um, he's got to be a pimp because if he's not, he's like the worst John Ritter since you know Three's Company. <laughs> uh, I I've always loved a good ginger in the film, like like you mentioned her before, in the green dress. 
but not a real green dress. That's cruel. I, I had to say that. I'm sorry. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that bare naked lady song, you know, um, yeah, the gore is on point that, that, that transformation scene with like, like you mentioned that Rosemary, but the other one where she's, their teeth are falling out and her nails are coming out and it's still one of the grossest things I've ever seen. I, I've always been grossed out by, especially when Rosemary's in the bathroom and, you see the bladder effect, and you know that 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 giant scar is gonna explode with something gross, and you get your wish. And I'm still grossed up by that kind of stuff. And yeah, batshit crazy soundtrack. I I think the 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 scenes with the with the with the people in the car just to add somebody else to the film are necessary and unnecessary because <laughs> they're so fucking funny sometimes. Especially the part where she 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 the after she's uh scrapes all the all the cocaine out of her hooch. <laughs> She shows her the the baby picture. Of the this is my this is when I was first born. It's like you sell your pussy that early, huh? Or whatever he says, you know. And it's 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 like silly stuff like that in the car. And I don't think it would have been the same film without it. Without that 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 comic relief, I guess. I like how he's stiffing coke from a can of coke. Yes, that's product placement. That's visual humor at its finest. <laughs> <laughs> that product placement, man. Come on, that's now. right. I love you guys mentioned the motorcycle and you know how how ridiculous it is. I love how the I love in films when there's automatically gasoline in in gas powered devices, they, much like you know chainsaws or whatever is run by gas. There's always gasoline in in the thing. You think with this display motorcycle there wouldn't be gasoline in it, but guess what? <laughs> there is. It is a great set piece where he's riding through them all, just cut, slicing demons and and. <sighs> You never see her get scratched, but you do see him get scratched. So if I had to pick one flaw of the film, that you get, you get the big bumper at the end where you know the, the the credits are playing and the Claudio score is playing, and she turns around. It's a real quick transformation, apparently, because she's just a burned up, sharp toothed demon, and you know all of a sudden, and of course, Blondie, Blondie with the ponytail, who I love, shoots her out, and she she falls in the street. But you know, he was scratched too. He looks at the girl, ah! And, you know, he, he, I, I wait for the shoe to fall, but I'd imagine he didn't last very long in that Jeep either. Um, that's just on point. It's just a fun film to watch. We did a commentary a long time ago, I think, and uh, that that was always fun. And I don't I don't uh, dig a lot of the Giallis because they're, they're too slow for me at certain points. And But this uh, is not a Gialli. It's just an Italian, great, gore-filled fest and... If you like that sort of thing, and uh, that movie within a movie thing that doesn't make a whole lot of sense, uh, this film is for you. Demons, yeah. Uh, Brian, is there anything else you want to say about the film? Uh, no, I think uh, it was pretty much all covered. Just uh, if you have never seen this slice of crazy, you definitely need it in your life, so seek it out. Uh, Jamie? I don't think so. I mean, I think everyone pretty much touched on all the coolest parts about this movie although there are some more um i would say that if anyone out there especially those who are fans of italian horror cinema haven't seen this then you should rectify that too sweet i agree (laughs) x i'm i'm the guy who watches movies to see other movie stuff in it 
you know, like if there's a scene where we're driving down the street, I'm looking for the cinema marquees to see what they were showing while they were oh, filming yeah. the movie. So I think it's funny that in this movie, there are posters up inside the theater. There's a poster for Metropolis, which makes sense because the name of the theater is the Metropole or something like that. Close, it's a derivative of Metropolis. But the, the uh, poster that really sticks out to me is for no nukes. <laughs> It's just weird to me that for something that's definitely supposed to be horror-based and they're using kind of subliminal imagery to bring the horror element around, you would include Jackson Brown and Carly Simon in that somehow. <laughs> I'm just not sure why. But, yeah, that's it. Watch this movie. It's it's nuts. Greetings. <laughs> uh, one through ten, Brian. Ooh. Uh, a nine. Fair enough. Jamie. I will go eight. Like I said, there is a part, not in the very beginning, but maybe like a quarter of the way through where I zone out a little bit. <laughs> so, yeah, but then it definitely picks back up for me. Fair enough. X. I'll give it an eight. I think eight's right. Yeah, I'm right there with an eight as well. It's a, like I said, I mentioned little flaws in there, but they're not even big flaws. Because it's a, it's a big old bowl of silly anyway, so you could take those flaws with the, with the with the with the good of the movie and just have a good time with it. So it's a YouTube for free, so go check it out, you know. Oh my god. But uh with that, we're on to our second feature, which is another theater related film. Uh nineteen ninety one's popcorn right for this.
Before the horror of Halloween. Before the fear of Friday the 13th. Before the evil of a nightmare on Elm Street. Before them all, there was... Now, 15 years later, he's back. Oh, yes. There's something happening here that I've been looking for all of my life. There's smoke. Someone takes her hand. She's running. The same man comes towards her. Buy a bag. Go home in a box. Rated R starts Friday, February 1st at theaters everywhere. Welcome back to the Cinema Beef Podcast. We're going to go on to our next film now, which is 1991's Popcorn. Uh, got a 5.7 on IMDb. And here's their, as always, amazing synopsis. A murderer begins killing off teenagers at a horror-thon they have organized in an abandoned theater. There's a lot more to it than that. That's kind of a... That's that's really lame. But that's what I expect from IMDb. Um, let's kick this one off. Let's go with... Can we go with Jamie? Yes, we can. Well, then let's do that. <laughs> well, why don't we? I think we should. <laughs> Good idea. <laughs> uh, Come well, on, now. <laughs> we could do this all night. First of all, I would like to mention Jill Sholin, who, I don't know whatever happened to her, but she was all over the place for a while, and we just recently watched her in... Oh, God, that's right. Uh, the Curse the 2. The Curse 2. Yeah, that was that's two things we left off the list. Yeah. The Curse and The Curse 2. We just watched both of those. The, the movie bite. where some guy's hand turns into a snake. Yeah, it's pretty bad. It's awesome. But she's adorable. <laughs> She, I, it is. Have you ever seen it? Oh yeah, I've, I've, I've it's heard so it. bad. Um, but she's adorable. I love her, and she was everywhere for a while. And I don't know what happened to her. Yeah, she's one of my favorite neglected scream queens. You know, for around the nineties or late eighties, early nineties, she was all over the place. But when you say name a scream queen, nobody ever mentions her. You know, they always mention Jamie Lee Curtis or, you know, blah, 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 blah. But she just got overlooked and she was in some pretty good films. You know, and so was girl that's in this movie with her that I can never remember her name. Gary, you know I'm talking about. Uh, Kelly Joman. Yes. Yeah. Um, I don't know why I can't remember that, but she was all over the place, too. Of course, Dee Wallace is here. Uh, not enough of her, but I can never get enough of Dee Wallace. My favorite Martian makes a cameo. Your your favorite, your personal favorite. My, my personal favorite. <laughs> <laughs> um, basically, this film is filled with people that I wish I could be. Like I, I want to throw one of these festivals where you get to like dress up in costume, you get to decorate the theater, you get to 
pull all the crap that William Castle used to pull with zapping the seats and, and making people sign releases and people come and show up in costume. I wanted, I want that. Or at the very least, I want one to happen near me so I can go to it. Every time I watch this movie, I get so jealous because it looks like such a fun thing until people start dying. Mm. And maybe not so much. And even then. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. If it's not you. The one, the one beef I have with this film, and it's really the only one, is that they use the mosquito death twice. And that kind of irritates me because I feel like in a slasher film, you have the opportunity and you should take advantage of that opportunity to use as many different ways to knock people off as you possibly can. Well, technically, the mosquito was just used in the kill. It wasn't used to kill twice. Wait, what? Yeah, the, mosquito, <laughs> the, the mosquito in the second death, you know, the second death, you know, the final death was used to, to get that conduit going, and that that's what killed uh Oh, yeah. All right, I guess. But he's also impaled. I think he would have died from that. That ain't something you just walk off. <laughs> it's something I could walk off, goddammit. Now I'm playing, you know. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like the mosquito already made an appearance. It should have been saved for the end, I think. Yeah, I mean, why not take the teacher out in some other way? way? I just feel like you should always take the opportunity to stretch your legs, especially when a film like this is focused on horror films. You know, it's all about loving horror films within this film and gimmicky horror films at that. I just feel like it could have used a little more imagination in that respect. But other than that, I love the setting. I love the characters. I love this wacky ass story that is so crazy. Um, you know, I love that possessor film that's kind of like a. It always reminds me of Undu Unshul. Un, how do you pronounce that? Un- Unshane Andalusia. Yes. Um, it always reminds me of that because of that close up of the eyeball and everything. Um, anyway, this is another fun one for me. I was really excited to watch this again. I think the last time I watched this was when we did it for Skeleton Crew, and that was a couple years ago. And this is one, you know, Brian was like, what movies are you doing? And I was like, Demons, Popcorn, and Matinee. And I know that this paired with Demons was the reason that he was like, I want to do it! (laughs) Because we both just really like this movie. Well, then let's hear from Brian. Please speak to us about Popcorn. It's like Professional, you're like, oh. darling. <laughs> okay, yeah, uh, I've always dug this movie. Uh, I so desperately want it to get a good release. I, I have the Bare Bones DVD that right now, if you want to pick it up, goes for astronomical prices on eBay because it's been out of print for so long. And there's always talk of them bringing it out on Blu-ray, special edition, blah, 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 but they have yet to do it. And with the amount of crap that comes out, that's a that's a tragedy. That's a shame. It's inexcusable because this is just a fun film. It's another it's another fun one. Uh, like Jamie said, I love the idea of this horrorthon. That would be such a blast. Yeah, the movies may suck, but you could have so much fun with them. Uh, I like the characters in this. You know, each one fills a, a a niche, but they do it well, and they're not overly obnoxious. I agree with her again about the mosquito. That is the one thing that always kind of bummed me out is because, yeah, they use it once to good effect, and then they do it again. And personally, I would have saved it for the final kill because I actually think that's a good kill when 
the person, not to spoil things in a uh, 20, 30-year-old movie, but uh, when that person is on the mosquito flying around uh, the, the audience, there's almost like a sense of pathos there. And uh, that always kind of takes me back because, uh, again, this movie is just – it's a silly slasher film, and I didn't expect that. Um, another thing I really like about this movie – I like the crazy in it, as in the killer. Some slashers, they have uh, dubious motivations at best of why they start killing. Or just weird sort of, you know, well, my mommy didn't like me because your mommy called my mommy a bitch. And now I'm going to kill you and anybody else I happen to walk into, you know, come across. And it's like, really? That's your motive? That's why you're going to suddenly become homicidal? But uh, the killer in this one... The way his mind works seems real to me. He seems insane. Not movie insane, not just ha 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 ha, but he has this idea that if he does things a certain way, then maybe his life won't suck. You know, maybe the 20 or 15 years, actually, the 15 years of hell he's had to endure will never have happened. And if you know, like, real crazy, sometimes they think that way. They. They can think of the most, well, insane thing, but it's like, no, this will work. You don't understand. If I can do it just right, if I get everything perfect, and so I've always liked that about this. It's it's more than just a guy with a knife, you know, stabbing people because bloodshed. Um, it's that classic. Well, yeah, he's a killer, but he there's again there's a he's sympathetic. He's doing horrible things, but you know his life was hell. And that's not an excuse, but it's a good explanation. When he finds out the girl has a crush on him, and you can see that it's killing him. Yeah. Because he has spent his entire life with people being afraid of him. And here's this girl who has a crush on him, and then he just gets angered by that. And he's like, don't talk to me about love. I've got my own problems right now. You know. Yeah, and that's, that's sad. That's a moment. That should be in a much better film. I'm not saying this film is bad, but that is just, it's one of those parts where I was like, wow, you know, that's surprising to be, again, in this silly little slasher. So uh, I love, if you want to talk about kills, I love the scene about the poor guy strapped to the chair, tied to the electric board, and, you know, you get the whole countdown, and uh, you know it's going to happen, but there's it. there's, that's a good scene. You know, he's trying to get away, and it's like, dude, you're toast. Um, and I love the movies within the movie. They are that perfect blend of just sci-fi campiness schlock. The kind of films that would have to employ, you know, giant flying mosquitoes and, uh, you know, stink-o-rama and all these other little tricks to make them even somewhat palatable. I wouldn't waste time on the cows. i go straight to the blood bank. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or just, they're, and, and. They're done really well. They seem like authentic examples of those subgenres. Uh, like in the Big Bug movie where just out of the blue, the scientist, the soldier, and his you know underling just all decide, hey, you know what? It's prayer time. And they all get together and start reciting the Lord's Prayer. You know, Nobody said let us pray. It's just, no, damn it, that's what you do when a big bug's coming for you. You're going to get together and our Father who art in heaven or whatever. So, uh... Yeah, I really dig this. It's a, it's a lot of fun. You know, I said that about demons. I'm saying it again. It is a fun horror film, and uh, it always makes me happy when I watch it. How about you, Gary? Does this film make you happy? 
in little ways. It makes, it makes me heavy in, in little ways and, and sometimes big ways. So, you know, no, popcorn is great. I, I uh, People said it came to theaters, but I never saw it. I, I saw it on, on VHS. I think it was a, it was a hot rental because had one of those cool covers, like one of those the ones that popped off the shelf and made you want to say, rent me, and I, I rented it a lot because it's fun for all the reasons you guys said so far with the Horathon and the crazed killer, and, and I, I love the actor that played that killer, uh, Tom Ballard, who's uh, no longer with us. He, uh, I think he died of AIDS like 10 years ago. Oh, I didn't know that. It was a long time ago. I love him because he was in a One Crazy Summer playing the other, the other, the other Stork brother, you know? Yep. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I love the movies within the movies as well. I love the, the next, the next film we're going to discuss is my favorite movie within the movie, um, of, of all the movies within the movie that we're going to discuss tonight. I love how they, they include a, a Korean, I guess it's, the stench is a Korean film, I guess. Is it Korean? I thought it was like Toho, just straight yeah. up Japanese. I thought it was Japanese, but it could be. I never paid that much attention. Whatever yeah, it is, but... it is wonderfully, horribly dubbed. So, <laughs> Yes. Yeah, that one didn't get a whole lot more, a, lot, a whole lot of love. Uh, that movie, that movie within a movie, the stench, because that's when I guess when stuff started really happening. And I love how they have a. I, this is a small thing, but I love how they have a, a Jamaican band on demand, <laughs> just just to step in. And they have no power in the theater at a certain point. In this film, these people just had their electric guitars out and their their drums, and they're just playing those guitars supposedly with no power. Um, what what else? There's tons. Jill Sholin's super cute. And that, that's always great. Kelly Joe's an actress I see in a lot of things. She's in Nightmare 5 and Summer School and The Principal with Jim Belushi, if you like that kind of thing. And she's in tons of stuff. Um, the kills are fun and inventive, but you guys mentioned the mosquito thing. Yeah, that, that could really irk somebody. I've always loved that. that, that, that <laughs> this does it and Darkman does it. Where all of a sudden the doctor, or in this case Toby, can change his face. And he, he does it really well, like, you know, where he's, he's basically pull, pulling his Bond villain, I'm going to explain everything that's going on to you in the basement kind of thing. He's changing the faces, like, and I'm Tina, the class slut. You know, shit like that, like changing the voices and being really convincing. And that that was always kind of fun for me. He's just a fun villain in general. Um, I love that somebody started a like a Charles Manson-esque film cult. And this is why this movie happened, and this the, the whole plot happened, and all this stuff happened. Because you don't see that in a lot of movies. <laughs> I guess that's, it's, at least Popcorn 2 is most original, is I never heard of a film to have like a Charles Manson-type film cult in it. But that is, yeah. just, that is so wonderfully 60s. Yeah, yes it was, yes. Um, it, it, you guys said a lot of stuff. I, I love how Ray, Ray Walston shows up and... Shows them, gives them all the, the the goodies for the theater. That that was kind of appropriate. To have this this old stagehand explain to him why, how basically the cinema sucks now. But back then we put the butts in the seats, and this is why. And just making them appreciate film more and more, and that that that, that kind of made me happy in a, a film like that. Um, besides that, it's there's a lot to love about this film, except for the the lack of release. Like you said, there's that VHS, and there's that. I, and I understand the quality is not great in that DVD either. No, it's not. It's it's serviceable, but that's about it. But Synapse is supposedly working to. I understand they had the master, and they're working to get a better release out there. But um, I'll leave it to you, X. What do you think about popcorn? This was a first time watch, and I don't understand why I hadn't pulled the trigger. 
Um, I just, you know, pretty much what you guys have already said, but I love the fact that you get four movies within the movie, if you count that, you know, Yoko Ono possessor clip. But yes. I would happily watch every movie that they show in this movie. It looked like Eleanor Donahue driving the truck around in a mosquito. That couldn't have been her, but that's who it looked like. But the cast is great. You know, I, th- I think the mosquito was hilarious. <laughs> Dropping the cyanide capsules into a public toilet. Oh, it's awesome. Fucking hilarious. Oh, my God. So, yeah, I had, a, I had a really, really good time with this. I can't say that I liked it more than, than Demons. But still, that's, you know, for an American film, first time watch, that's just kind of gone under under the radar for so long. This is this is really good. I'd rather watch this than Return to Horror High any day. Even without Marsha Brady? Even without Marsha Brady, man. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> I'll second that, although I do love the song at the end of the credits of Return to Horror High. I'd uh, third that as well. Oh, I forgot we have a cleaning montage, and I forgot to mention that, you know, oh, if you feel like the kind of thing. Montages. <laughs> I do, it's just to like clean. Revenge of the Nerds. I was just thinking about, you put one foot in front of the other, put, put the, the other, other foot one down, down, down. down. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Anything else that anyone would like to sing about popcorn? I will say also, I like the look of the killer uh, when, you know, he's unmasked, uh, just all the like springs and pulleys and wires. And, you know, he's like, it takes, I forget how, like three or four hours every day to put the perfect face on. And again, that just all builds up to why he's doing what he's doing. Oh, just, reminds me, the, golly, if I could speak, I would be really good on a podcast. <laughs> The person that he reminds me of, he reminds me of Eric Benford in Fade to Black. You were talking about the face changes and and how quickly he does that. Yeah, he's very much a Benford character to me, although a lot more outgoing, you know, has a sense of humor. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, that's what I thought of while I was watching this movie. And, yeah, he's funny. I mean, there's a scene where where Jill's like, you're crazy or you're insane. He's like, you just now getting this? (laughs) I don't know, that always makes me laugh. Oh, I, I love the scene like, right before midnight where and they make he makes an Iron Maiden joke here where he puts her in the, the I don't know if you know what that is, some kind of steel case with a dress on it. <laughs> you thought Iron Maiden was just a band, yes. you know, and, and when he's going down the aisle and he's screaming and yelling, yeah, this movie sucks, don't it? You know, and he's, he's yelling and screaming, you know, it's it's all part of the insanity. That, that, that makes him such a great character. Yeah, level up for the Iron Maiden reference, definitely. <laughs> All right, let's rate it. Start with Jamie. Ooh. Hmm. You know, this movie gets major points for the killer. I love everything about him. I love his look. I love his his personality. I love his dialogue. That way more than makes up for that whole mosquito issue that I have. I'm going to say a nine. Wow. All right, then. How about you, Brian? Yeah, that's tough. Uh... I don't think I like it as much as Demons, but it's really close. And maybe just because uh, I've seen Demons first, or I've seen it more, I don't know. But uh, I'll go with a very solid 8. All right, Gary, how about you? Oh, it's, I, always, I always have fun with this film, and it, it, it gets greater on repeat viewings, in my opinion. So 
it's right. It's 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 higher than demons for me because I don't know. It may, it makes more sense in a way, and you know the intention is there more. So it gets a nine out of ten. I'm going to give it an eight. I think it's a solid eight out of ten. Like I said, I don't like it more than demons, but I may enjoy it just as much. So solid eight for me. Wow, you guys gave it nine out of ten. That's impressive for this show. Because usually it's like ah fuck it three. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm being I, I, generous. And I hate everything about it. <laughs> I didn't torture you guys with any bad movies this time around. You know, I'll save that for other shows. <laughs> Boy. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. We will be back in just a moment. Our next film is the Joe Dante joint matinee. And we'll be right back after you hear that trailer. <laughs> The ant's saliva must have gotten into Bill's bloodstream and gone straight to his brain, just as the radiation, which is measured in units called Renkins, was released. And that's how he became a... Mant. Gotcha. For the kids of Key West, Florida, there was nothing scarier than a monster matinee. Lawrence Wolsey, the master of movie horror, exterminates you with Mant. The story of Matt is based on scientific fact, on theories that have appeared in national magazines. But in the fall of 1962, 
a series of offensive missile sites is now in preparation on the island of Cuba. They got the biggest scare of all. The country is on red alert. And what a perfect time to open a new horror movie. That'd be the best show to take a girl to. The whole world's gonna blow up anyway, so we should just do whatever we want. You know, last guy she went out was in her farm school. He did teach me a lot. What about? About my body. Think of the bomb we're about to fall, she'd do it with me. <laughs> Wait till you see the feelers on this thing. Uno, dos, one, two, tres, cuatro. Some of it's stage lighting, some of it's magic show stuff, but the big studios, none of them have anything like it. Do never, ever turn one above six. This is it! From Joe Dante, director of Gremlins. You see what he's putting back? The showmanship. The bombs are falling! You think this is some kind of picnic for me? I'm still concerned about that bomb thing. Little question of taste? No, no, but your younger patrons, you could have some seat wetness. John Goodman. I love this business. Matinee. Man, I've seen this twice. Okay, welcome back. Now we're going to be talking about Matinee from 1993. This was directed by Joe Dante, stars John Goodman, Kathy Moriarty, Simon Fenton, some other people. <laughs> the synopsis is, a small-time film promoter releases a kitschy horror film during the Cuban Missile Crisis. And that's pretty much all you get for a synopsis. So. Thanks, IMDb. There's That's more crap. yeah, there's more stuff going on. Oh, and one of the people that one of the other people that I forgot to mention was Kelly Martin, who I really like. Yeah, she was a cutie for a oh, while. That's who that was. Okay. So, yeah. yeah. So yeah. why don't yeah. uh, why don't we start with Gary? We haven't done that in a while. With Gary? Okay. Yeah, Matt is a film I like. I I, I, lo- I love most Joe Dante films, but this is probably my top three of all Joe Dante films. I think that the, the, one of the best things about this film is, much like other films, you, you get the horror film, you know, that's that's within the film, but then you get the real horror of the the Cuban Missile, Cuban Missile Crisis, you know, uh, amongst this community who live a live in Key West, Florida. So they're right they're right in there. So um, I love the young actors in the film. I think they're really great. You you had a uh, Omri Katz as well, who uh, I'm a, I'm a giant Erie, Indiana fan. And if you don't watch Hocus Pocus around Halloween, I don't know what's wrong with you. You know, you're not allowed to laugh, I guess. You know, <laughs> enjoy yourself. Um, John Goodman is, uh, he's basically playing William Castle. And uh, if you listen to Gilbert Gottfried's podcast, he, he just had Joe Dante on his show. And he uh, he gave him some, some, some William Castle literature to, to, to look at. And John Goodman basically said, no, I don't need that because I know just who that guy is. And I'm going to play him just like I want to play him. And I thought he played it. He played well, Lawrence Woolsey is the character in the film who's supposed to be William Castle. He played him real good. Um, I love the atmosphere of the, the, the 1960s theater, you know, where you got the horror films. But then you got my, my, my uncle, the shopping cart, playing as well. Because, you know, the, you get films like that every once in a while, I guess, from, from, from that age. And I've had to watch some real crap myself, so I know how that, that, that older brother feels having to take his little brother, too, who really didn't want to be there anyway to go see this shitty shopping cart movie, and that that, that was always fun. I love how Joe Dante picks up these people to come in his films, and Kevin McCarthy shows up in the, the movie within the movie, and you get, of course, the great Dick Miller, and you get, uh, who else do you get? You get so many people in this movie. You get William and, Shallert. Yeah, William Shallert. Yeah, I love that guy, too. <sighs> <laughs> um... 
the, the movie within the movie, I mentioned it was my favorite one of all the ones mentioned so far, which is Mant. I, I, lo- I love the puns. The, the, the puns get me every time. And, you know, it's something about, you know, when are you going to put the man and the insecticide? Insecticide, where? You know, I was <laughs> laughing my ass off. Just little silly stuff like that. Uh, Kathy Moriarty have always, has always turned me on. Ever since I saw Neighbors with, with Dan Aykroyd and John Belushi in it, so that that was a, that was a nice gift. Uh, the Kathy Moriarty, she always says that that throaty voice, which either you, you you like or you don't like, and she acted a lot in the '90s. And this was uh, I think in a lot of Universal films. I know she was in Casper for sure. If you, if you like that kind of thing, you know, if you like that kind. Of thing. <laughs> I, I like Christina Ricci. I can't help these things, man. She was in that movie, so I had to see it. It's okay. It's okay. Hey, I've I've already. I'm no. I'm, there's no judgment. No judgment <laughs> okay. here. Yeah, I think we covered that in the beginning of the show. Yeah, yeah. No judgment. No judgment. No judgment at all. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> okay. I'm well, the, I'm the oh. I'm the planet fitness of movie guys. <laughs> <laughs> we have no movie lunks here. That's right. <laughs> Besides that, there's a lot to love about this film, and I'm going to move on to somebody else. Oh, okay. Well, I knew that. I knew that was coming. <laughs> God, quit, quit poking you, woman. Shit, you know? <laughs> okay, I've always liked this film. Um, I like the, the history that it's set in. Uh, I'm a child who was at the tail end of the Cold War, so, I mean, I can relate. Uh like when they when the kids have their drill and they do the whole run out to the hall and duck and cover, I did that too as a kid. I don't know if kids still do that today. I don't think they do, but it's something that you know I was there. I in the eighties, you know, with show, what was that miniseries? Day after, um, and stuff like Miracle Mile. The the threat of getting nuked until your shadow glows was still a very real possibility. It was something that, you know, we talked about. It was, we didn't, at least I didn't obsess over it and worry. I did. Yeah, I know. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, it was, it was something that it could happen. And uh, where I was living, um, I, I was in Warren, Michigan, a suburb of Detroit. And at the time there, I think it's since closed, but they had like, I want to say it was the number one or number two tank manufacturing plant in all of the u.s and uh that was always cool because as a kid you'd go somewhere and you'd see tanks you know the on assembly line or getting loaded up on a truck to get driven somewhere but that was also we were keenly aware that you bet there's at least one or two or if not 10 missiles pointed at that thing and uh it was always kind of a comfort because we were so close to it it's like well if they drop a bomb on that we ain't gonna suffer it'll be over it boom gone but uh I don't know, so it was a very palatable thing for me. And uh, so I like that this movie is set in the same era, not necessarily the same decade, but close enough. I, John Goodman is awesome. I don't think I've ever seen him do a bad performance. Because there isn't one that exists. Well, that could be. And yeah, him here as Castle is just perfect. The joy that he gets. I mean, he, he's a bit of a, a swindler, a bit of a con man, but there's also a... I don't know, something enduring in him. Like, he's going to take your money, and uh, he's going to sell you a ticket, but he also hopes you you like it, you get it. You know, there's a reason he's doing this. So, well, I, love, I, love, I love the caveman story. It, it's, really, it's really a small throwaway yeah. scene where he describes, you know, 
where the first scary thing came from because cavemen drew it on caves for folks to see it. Yeah, and they amped it up. Yeah. It's like, you know, you make the teeth sharper and the face scarier and, you know. No. You know, and he says in his film, you know, why do you do all this stuff? He's like, well, it's harder to scare people these days. And that was back in the 60s. So, <laughs> And that is something that I see, you know, a lot where movies, horror movies in particular, obviously, because trying to scare people, do have to seem to push limits and, you know, set new boundaries. Because the stuff that scared them back in the day just won't work now. I mean, hell, I remember reading stories about college-age kids watching uh, The Exorcist for the first time and going, eh, it's not that scary. And that, again, I'm not going to point fingers at them and go, you're wrong, but that literally doesn't compute with me. I cannot understand that because that movie still scares the hell out of me. Even if it doesn't scare you, I think I just think it's kind of inescapable that it's so incredibly well made. I mean, it is... a it is, I don't know, it just blows my mind. Yeah. It's I like mean, that kid that was at the screening that I went to that I yelled at. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, I couldn't help myself. I was just like, ah, show some respect. <laughs> Did you have a big purse at the time? Whack him with it. No. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what I had. But I do know his dad didn't say a word. He just sh- shuffled him <laughs> out of the theater. <laughs> Come along, son. Get away from the crazy lady. <laughs> He knew I was right. And if he thought otherwise, he certainly wasn't going to tell you that. <laughs> uh, I like the kid actors in this movie, and that, I'm usually really tough on them because uh, usually they suck. Uh, but here they all do a good job. They're believable, you know, as both being kids and being kids of that time. And they're little awkward in a sense, but also, you know, they're, they're budding hormones as they're starting to, you know, come on. And yeah, Kathy Moriarty as... Very Wonder Years. In very much. I mean, uh, Kathy Moriarty as the nurse while the show is playing. They have a joke that they come back to again and again, but it always works. Where somebody will come up and go, nurse, nurse, I cut myself. And she's like, yep, you did. And that's it. <laughs> nurse, nurse, he passed out. Yeah, he sure did. <laughs> You're right. Um, so yeah, it's... And I do really like Mant. Mant is a type of movie I would love to watch. I'm a sucker for big bug films. And, uh, you know, the powers of the atom run amok. And, it, again, this is another... He must have gotten bitten by an ant while he was getting his teeth x-rayed. Because, you know, that happens. <laughs> what? And, and this is another movie that I think is spot on for the genre. They do something in here, and uh, I forget the exact line, but it's something like... Well, he was dosed with radiation, which, as you know, is measured in, I don't know, Kelvins. Wretchens. That's it. And in all those 50s and 60s sci-fi films, they would always throw these little scientific, you know, just like a word they looked up and they just found out. So, damn it, they're going to use it. And they think by doing that, it gives their story validity. It's like, you see, this is actual science we're talking about here. And, uh... I love that in Mant. So, yeah. See, now you got to work even harder these days because of the internet. Yes. <laughs> Everybody's an expert on everything. No, of course. He'll only grow in an accelerated or quicker rate. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so yeah, I I always like this film, and I hadn't seen it in a good long while. So out of all three of the films we're talking about, this was the the one I was a little bit unknown about. I'm like, well, like like I said, do I still like it as much as I did? Last time I saw it, you know, 10, 15 years ago. And the answer is yes. All right. Well, X, why don't you enlighten us on your point of view? 
well, this was another first-time watch for me. I hadn't seen this until today, which is weird because I like Dante a lot, and I guess really the only Dante I haven't seen now is Burying the Axe. So, I don't know. I really like Dante's work. I love how he cast the same people over and over again, the character actors, um, that you don't get to see a whole lot. Bob Picardo's in this movie, and he's great. I was going to say special shout-out to Eddie Quist. Yes, precisely, giving a piece of his mind. Um, I think pretty much Brian has covered everything that I was going to say about this film, but I do disagree slightly in that I don't think that the the Cold War aspects work as well as they should have. Um, you know, again, having grown up under the shadow of nuclear destruction, um, I don't know, something about it doesn't quite ring true, and I'm not sure if it's something in the script or if it's just in the performances of mostly the kid actors, who are uniformly pretty good, but something about that just doesn't, it, it seems tacked on, and even though I understand the the role that that is supposed to play, that atmosphere, especially towards the end of the film, I don't know, something about it just doesn't feel straight. Like maybe there was something wrong in the editing. Something went wrong there for me. So, but that's really the only complaint I have about the movie. Um, if Mant were an actual film, we would have owned it on Blu-ray by now. And yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. Goodman's fantastic as William Castle. And I had a lot of fun with it. I just was a little taken out of the story by those Cold War aspects, but that's it. And you can disagree with me and that's fine. Oh, I do. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, this was a first time watch for me. Yay. Which also surprises me because I enjoy Dante quite a bit. And there's something about him that I've always liked that also puts me in mind of Stephen King. And that is that he has frequently a very nostalgic tone to his work. And... You know, if you've ever read anything by Stephen King, you know exactly when he grew up and, like, what was going on at the time. And, and or if you've seen movies based on any of the things that he's done, you know, you've got kids running around always in the same time period. And writers. You know a lot about, about well, writers. Yes. <laughs> and this film kind of reminded me of that. And I like what you said about the innocence of these kids paired with their budding hormones. Because there's something pure about that. And I don't think kids have that anymore. With I mean, the internet? Probably not. I mean, I look, but see, these kids were I not as sheltered or as honed in as, or, you know, protected by rubber soft things or, you know, uh, movie ratings as much as kids today are. Like, everyone's flipping out about everything every time you turn around. Like, it's, oh... The but children. I think just the landscape as a whole was much... Well, it was. But back then, as a kid, you had more free roam. You, And this is even true for when we were kids. You know, you could go and do more on your own. And now kids are stapled to their parents' hips. Yet, somehow, it seemed to have the opposite effect on their personalities <laughs> as far as, like... I was just talking earlier today, as a matter of fact, about how... My God, kids cuss a lot on the internet. And I was scrolling through YouTube for reviews of The Witch, and I came across this kid who looked to be about 12 years old, and he has a movie review channel. 
I'm not expecting his opinion to have any bearing on anything of interest for me necessarily, but I was curious to see what a young kid thought about this film. And for the most part, he actually was pretty eloquent. I mean, he stumbled some and whatever, but his his points of view were not nearly as young as I expected them to be. But then it just like... <laughs> He would throw in a fuck here and a fuck there, and it, he didn't really do it right. You know, like that age when you want to cuss so bad, but you don't know how to do it. And I'm like, my God, do these kids, and I see them on YouTube all the time. They have their own YouTube channels, and they do their own thing. And I'm like, do their parents have no idea what they're doing? All you got to do is go on, like, Xbox Live once, and you'll hear oh, it. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, absolutely. I, like, I had parents a broken, have no I, idea what the hell their kids are doing. I had a broken ankle, and... That's all I did was play Call of Duty for like three months, and the, I always wait for like four o'clock to happen when the kids got out of school because they had the filthiest mouths. And I just shoot her right back at them. It's like, yeah, I tell your fucking mother I'm my dinner ready at six, you know, <laughs> shit like that. You know, I would throw it right back at them. Oh, we'll you know? see. It's your fault then. You taught them. I didn't. I didn't do it. No, there I was a bunch of you, Dad. We watched this. Um, well, Fail Army. We watch Fail Army. Fail Army compilations all the time on YouTube. Big YouTubers here i mean we watch way more youtube than we do tv because it's usually better <clears throat> but um we watch these fail compilations and there's this one that i've seen numerous times it keeps popping up where this one kid is like on a skateboard or something and he falls down and the other kid the one who's filming picks up this pebble and he's like oh, <laughs> oh yeah. it was this damn ass rock and then he says it like six times he's like you know oh look at this this was what made you fall it was this damn ass rock and I'm like, don't do it. You don't know how. Stop cussing if you don't know how to do it. It drives me crazy. But anyway, all of that to say that the the kids at this time period, I don't know, there's something about them. Even when they're doing something wild or something, you know, bad, it just doesn't seem so bad. And I love the scene where Sandra is running through the halls <laughs> screaming when they're doing the duck and cover. And she's just screaming, it's not going to do you any good, you know, and because this is what I've been saying for years, you know, like even when I was that age, I'm like, what the hell good is this going to do? It's not, you know, except I guess it, what, calms you down? Keep, I don't know. I mean, I'm keep, so you supposed can to die keep you in busy. a nice orderly fashion. <laughs> <laughs> They'll be able to, to locate the bodies based on what classroom you're sitting outside of. That's it. Seating chart and skeleton correlation. I remember when I was in the fourth grade, <laughs> we would have these drills. My best friend and I wrote wills, and we would keep them in our back pockets every day just in case something happened. That's not morbid at all. I was terrified. I, You know this. Like, the bomb scared the shit out of me. And I think, and X, we've even talked about this on this show, I think. Mm-hmm. It just... This was, it was a horrible, horrible time in my life. I was terrified all the time. I'm a very neurotic child. <laughs> but so I didn't really feel that aspect of it. You know, I didn't feel that they were um, necessarily as freaked out or frightened as they should have been. You know, I don't know. Like, they just seemed very calm about the whole thing in comparison. But anyway, I... <laughs> I'm blathering like a fool. I love John Goodman. I love all the character actors that we get. I thought the kids did a great job. This is a really fun movie with a beautiful aesthetic. I mean, one of the first things I said was, wow, this is a pretty movie. It really is. 
I can't believe I haven't seen it before, but I thoroughly enjoyed it. So I'm glad that we watched it for this. Hmm. Yeah, one of the things they left out, and I, I, nobody mentioned him so far, was uh, Kelly Martin's ex-boyfriend, Harvey Starkweather. She likes the bad boys, apparently. And uh, I don't think the, our, our friend Armory Katz uh, measures up to that guy. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, he has issues. Yeah, he is. He, he writes some amazing. He's a poet, apparently. You know. Oh my god. I, I oh, I forgot one scene. I loved. Well, actually, two scenes. Because when I was a kid, and this is related to the war stuff, during the whole Gulf War thing, for some reason, our eyes were glued to the screen, watching about the Gulf War every day. And there's that scene where they're they're sitting in the living room, and the boy's like, "You've been watching this all day. It's just the UN on TV talking about you know negotiations for the war and stuff." And and the, the I forget what was said, but the, bro- the little brother goes, "Oh hell!" And she goes, "Gene." She goes, "It wasn't me. It was the UN." I, I love that line of the movie, you know. And uh, of course, you, you mentioned like being scared of your parents, and they, they, of course, something as simple as a record, a comedy record that the one kid had, it hide away real fast, and you know, because you know that was something you had to hide from your parents, apparently. And kid, kids have no fear nowadays, apparently. Oh hell no. Yeah, back then, you know, a record that said tits and ass. They're like, oh, God, i got to hide it. Mom's coming now. <laughs> now the kids are going, hey, Mom, nice tits and ass. <laughs> <laughs> oh, one of my favorite scenes. It's all small stuff in this movie. But the scene in the grocery store where the two guys are fighting over the box of shredded wheat. Yeah. <laughs> it's real small, but, you know, but it's there. And I, for all the, all the great stuff that, you know, make up the film, all the supporting stuff make it all that much better for me, so... I guess that's true. I did forget about the whole supermarket thing. So maybe they were sufficiently freaked. Well, the parents were, or the grown-ups were, anyway. I just feel like if I was a kid at that time, I would be a lot more fucked up than they were. Because that damn-ass bomb. (laughs) That damn-ass bomb. (laughs) I forgot to mention also how crazy Robert Robert Picardo was in this movie. Just, like, crazy about the the war and his, his private bomb shelter. Just screaming as the door is closed. It was supposed to be for me. You oh, know. I, I love when he's like, you know, they assured me that it could never be opened. And John Goodman's like, I am in the wrong business. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, X, did you have anything you wanted to add? No, nope, I'm good. <clears throat> okay, Brian? Nope, I'm good, too. Gary, anything else? No, I'm fine. That, that was my, my, my final opinions, I guess, you know. <laughs> final and observations. Gary, why don't you hit us with a rating? Oh, Matinee's a nine. I, I love it when I was a kid. I love it now. So, yeah, it's good stuff. Man, this is a high-dollar episode. Ryan, what do you say? Uh, I'm going to give this another eight. Another very solid eight. It's just fun. All three of these films, they make me smile when I watch them. So, I like that. Okay. X? Seven. Whoa, really? <laughs> I didn't expect... I mean, not that that's bad. I just, for some reason... I just, that surprised me. <laughs> he hates then, Christmas kittens and puppies, too. <laughs> no, I just. I, if I the just, other two movies an eight, I didn't up. like this one as well. I gave it a seven. I thought I that seemed rational. You've just been on such an upswing this whole episode. <laughs> Suddenly a seven seemed shocking to me. <laughs> a seven? How dare you, sir? How I, dare that, you? I, that, was, that was that get off my lawn seven right there. I stand so. behind it. <laughs> You're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, I'm going to... What do you... Hmm? Lost something there. <laughs> I don't think they heard you. 
Oh. What are you giving Jamie? Oh, okay. I don't know what happened. Um, I say eight. Eight is great. But, uh, yeah, that was our review of Matinee. And I'll uh, right back to close out the program. Hey, kids. Do you like horror movies? Do you like podcasts? Do you like people called Gal and Roscoe? If you do, you're going to love Gal and Roscoe's Bodacious Horror Podcast. Every week, you'll join your hosts, Gal and Roscoe, who'll discuss a range of topics, including juice drinks, alcoholic drinks, lollipops, bobby socks, Robocop, uncomfortable chairs, comfortable chairs. It sounds absolutely nothing like our podcast. Well, it should be a representation of our podcast, so we should start off with a pure cheesy intro and then just Uh be like, actually, no... That, that sounded way too upbeat for us. Yeah. <laughs> There's some dead classy music in the background and people would think we're really high class gentlemen. We are! High class gentlemen. That's just not what our podcast sounds like. Right. So that's Gil and Roscoe's Bodacious Horror Podcast. Look for us on iTunes, Facebook and Twitter. You know those old-time radio shows with the married couples who bicker about the kids and the car and the neighbours? Our podcast is a lot like that. Yeah. Well, if you replace the kids, the car, and the neighbors with devil movies, theology, and vodka. My name is X. And I'm Cootie. And we are the hosts of Kiss the Goat, a different kind of movie podcast. Every episode, we review a devil movie. You know, possessions, exorcisms, the Antichrist, and we stomp a mud hole in it, even if we like it. We are huge fans of comparative religion, and we love to compare real belief systems with what Hollywood seems to think belief systems are. But don't think we're not civic-minded, because each episode includes our Satan in the News segment, where our fearless correspondent, Sin Fallon, documents the eternal struggle between good and evil. And, as high-functioning alcoholics, we give every movie its own drinking game, so that you can enjoy the movie just like we did. Ripped to the tits. <laughs> and there is ever so much more to the show than that. And let me tell you, it ain't for kids. Hell, it ain't for most adults. But it might be for you. You won't know until you listen to Kiss the Goat exclusively on the Legion Network of Podcasts. That's Kiss the Goat. We're the lighter side. Of the dark side. <laughs> American Dream He's just a common man The American Dream, Dusty Rose, is. I'm coming to you live and in living color Speak to you, the American people A podcast called Silver Gold Daddy. And you know that the American dream, Dusty Rhodes, knows how to bring home the gold, Daddy. And just like Henry Silva sticking Baba Boucher's head inside a sow hanging from the ceiling, Silva and Gold will stick it to you, stick it to your ears, stick it to your mouth, your eyes, your nose, Daddy. And all points in between, they'll take your listening pleasure. And stick it between a sow's caucus hanging from the ceiling, daddy. 
silver and gold. We talk about movies and shit. Find us on iTunes or silverandgold.com. <gasps> My films! Oh, gimme, gimme, gimme! Ah, Chinema. Porkies? Meatballs, too? Enjoy your crap fest. <laughs> oh, go read the bell jar, you poser! Klaus, prepare to feast your eyes on the majestic grandeur of the silver screen. All these years, what have I been telling you? Yeah, I know. Stay in school, get two educations. I know. That's right. This is my life, not yours. This is not for you. No guns. I first met Sonny in 1960. I was nine years old. He was the number one man in the neighborhood. And as I grew, he grew in power. He became a boss. And I was his friend. In a world called the Bronx. I'm your father, I love you. You're breaking my heart. Sonny, trust me. That man can never trust anybody. The sooner you know that, the better. He was caught in a tug of war between his hardworking father. I tell you something, to go to school, to go to You don't understand. It's not what you say, it's what he sees. It's the clothes, it's the cars, it's the money. I treat that kid like he's my son. He ain't your son, he's my son. And the man who owned the neighborhood. Don't you trust anybody? No. It's a horrible way to live. For me, it's the only way. Is it better to be loved or feared? I would rather be feared. Because fear lasts longer than love. What was I gonna do? Run away? Make people think I got no heart? I mean, what makes you think you're so special? He'll hurt you like anybody. Sometimes hurting somebody ain't the answer. I know who you are, Sonny, and I know what you could do. This time you're wrong. You don't fool the man's family. So what are you gonna do? Fight this? Stay away from my son! Robert De Niro, Chaz Palminteri. You worry about yourself, your family, and the people that are close to you. That's what it comes down to. A Bronx Tale. <laughs> as far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. I know I'd go from rags to riches. To me... Being a gangster was better than being president of the United States. Never ride on your friends and always keep your mouth shut. It meant being somebody in the neighborhood that was full of nobodies. Hey, Mom, what do you think? You look like a gangster. By the time I grew up, there was 30 billion a year in cargo moving through Idlewild Airport. And believe me, we tried to steal every bit of it. You might know who we are, but we know who you are. You understand? Yeah. What kind of people are these? Life is but a dream. What do you do? I'm in construction. If we wanted something, we just took it. And you didn't even think about it. To us, it was better than Citibank. Nice. It's great, but nice. Nobody does that to me. Who the hell do you think you are? Frankie Valley or some oh. kind of big shot? I was living in a fantasy. Look at my 
For most of the guys, killings got to be accepted. Murder was the only way that everybody stayed in line. What are we gonna do with them? We can't just dump them on the street. Dollar, dollar. I know a place up safe. I'll never find them. You got out of line, you got whacked. Everybody knew the rules. Hey, Henry, here's an arm. Very funny, guys. Here's a leg. Here's a wing. What do you like, the leg or the wing, Henry? Okay, you ready? Sometimes I... For us to live any other way was nuts. Anything I wanted was a phone call away. <laughs> and we were treated like movie stars with muscle. We had it all just for the asking. It's gonna be a good summer. <laughs> it was a glorious time. by violence on the streets where the violent have power a new generation carries on an old tradition Saturday Night Live. You're Joe Pitton. I'm Danny Berman. This chump was going to show you some previews for a new gangster movie called Johnny Dangerously. Check this out. Does this jerk look like a real gangster to you? He looks like Michael Keaton to me. I love Johnny T-shirts. I love Johnny. Believe it or not, everybody loves this guy. Broads love him. I'm not wearing a bra, Johnny. That makes two of us. Oh, you gotta watch your head left, Ma. His mother loves him. I love him, but someday I'm gonna knock him on his. We should spend some time together. The DA loves him. See, two weeks in Puerto Rico. You got fire. Ver. The new torch singer loves him. You got those. I like those animals. Little babies love him. Oh, wait. The warden loves him. Johnny, it's an honor to have you on Guff Road. Ah, don't be silly. Pleasure's all mine. <laughs> Even the Pope loves him. Go yourself a new gym at the Vatican, eh? Well, this is one guy who ain't got no love for this phony. You shouldn't hang me on a hook. My father hung me on a hook once. Once. Well, Johnny's busted Mike Chops for the last time. Gee, he looked like a terrific guy to me. <laughs> Oops. Michael Keaton, Joe Piscopo, Danny DeVito, Dom DeLuise, Peter Boyle, Griffin Dunn, Richard Dimitri, Ray Walston. See Johnny Dangerously at a selected theater near you. I knew somebody who went to a selected theater once. Once. Title song by Weird Al Yankovic. Well, thank you, Brian, for coming on the program once again. You're always welcome, sir. Oh, thank you for having me. I had a, a lot of fun. Whenever you have good movies, I might show up. I'm going to probably pass on the bad ones. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but I want to hear your opinion more on the bad right. ones. <laughs> no, I'm too good for those movies. There's a difference. If you tell me about the bad ones, your opinion, at least, you know, I could say, you know, like, why, why don't you like Masters of the Universe? 
you know, he's just telling me why, Good and day. I'll say, I you know, know what? It sucks. It was just stupid. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! But uh, I don't, I'll start with you, Brian. I don't <laughs> like dwarfs or flutes. <laughs> no orco. I'm not interested. <laughs> I'll start with you, Brian. What do you have going on, sir? Well, uh, Jamie and I are continuing to run through the alphabet with our show, The ABCs of Hidden Horror. Uh, her, me, and Dave Zidano got together and put together a new little show where we look at movies that, well, kind of hidden. That's the title. Uh, they may be obscure, or they may be just be something that perhaps they were once talked about before and don't get a lot of mention anymore, um, or just movies that we think might have been maybe unfairly... Uh, maligned and we think they're better than that so every episode we go through the alphabet we started with a and b and you can guess the pattern and each one of us picks a movie that begins with that letter and we bring it to the table and discuss it and say hey this is why you should watch it if you've never seen it or give it a second chance and uh we've been having a lot of fun with that it's uh it's been a neat because well, with Dave, we've Jamie and I, we've each pulled movies that he's never seen before. So it's good to get that first impression. And, uh, okay, first time seeing it, what do you think? And so far, you know, everybody's been agreeing these are good films. Now, on an upcoming show, Dave's going to pick one that actually I've never seen before, and that's pretty rare. So I'm looking forward to that. And uh, anyways, so that's the ABC's A Hidden Horror. We've been having a lot of fun with that. Uh, Jamie and I also have another show. Um, that we do together. Uh, why don't you tell them about that? You must be referring to Dark Regions Radio. Why, yes, I am. Dark Regions Radio is the official podcast of Dark Regions Press. <laughs> and on that show, we talk to authors, we interview them, and then I usually do a reading of one or two of their short stories. Yeah, it's a... Uh, I'm a big book guy. I love reading, love writing. And uh, so I get to talk to the people that have always impressed me and I never get tired of Jamie reading to me. So I love that show. And that's about it for me. uh, Other than (laughs) the normal everyday stuff. I thought you were still reading the encyclopedia. Hey, aardvark. (laughs) Jamie. Yes. Oh, skeleton crew is back. Yay. Yeah. We just kicked off our being backness. (laughs) <laughs> a um, or we started our creep show retrospective with our review and discussion of creep show. As you would for a creep as show you re- would, retrospective. As you would. I said that meaning that it was just the first one and the other ones are coming. Ah. But that one is available now, so you can check that out. There's still the Devour the Podcast anniversary show that we recorded weeks ago. I have no idea what's going on with that. It's never coming out. It, it may not. I don't know. It's the lost episode. Um, and then, of course, you've already talked about Dark Regions and ABCs of Hidden Horror, and that's pretty much what I have going on right now. Okay. X. Just follow me on Facebook. It's easier that way. Oh, wow. What's to this guy tonight, man? <laughs> it's like he took the spirit all out of him, man. No, that's true. If I sit here and go through all of it, I feel like, uh, I don't want to do that. But no, just go to the Cinema Beef Podcast Facebook group where you can get in touch with me and Gary and Jamie and make suggestions and maybe come on the show yourself. But find me there. Follow me. That's just a lot. It's a lot simpler and a lot more fun than me 
yammering. Got a problem yeah. with my yammering? No, I don't have a problem. No, I have a problem with my yammering. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Your yammering's fine. I just. <laughs> Oh, man. You can find me on two drinking room commentaries uh, on the Legion Network, as of course, with usually Willis and some other people. Uh, we just recorded one last week that I forgot to mention with uh, myself, X, Doug Tilly, and Willis. We're doing a Herschel Gordon-Lewis joint called Just for the Hell of It about a bunch of white kids doing bad stuff. Guess what? Just for the hell of it, you know. So that should be up uh, way before this show comes out, so check that out. We, we had a lot of fun doing that. Um, Sloppy Seconds Movie Sequel Podcast is a is a work in progress right now. I have to get that edited and sent to Jason Lloyd. I've been talking about the same episode we recorded, I don't know, a couple months ago. I just haven't gotten to it yet, you know. Uh, it's, it's a lot of that post-production sometimes. I get a little lazy sometimes, too, and get a little tired sometimes, but whatever. I'm, I'm here for, for you people, I guess, you know. Come uh, rate and review us on iTunes. You can win some tasty autographs. I'm hoping to get uh, a cool one to give away tomorrow night when I get to go see the Broken Lizard Comedy Group. I'm very, very excited about that. <laughs> no podcast tomorrow night, guys. I I, I, I can't record anything because I'll be very busy, hopefully uh, having a good laugh and not going to work. So <laughs> that's always fun. Um, let's, I'll find me on Twitter at GW. Follow me there, or at Cinema Beef Cast. There's two, there's two accounts there you guys can follow. Uh, drop me a line there. I'll feel a lot, lot better about using Twitter because I'm a pretty lazy Twitter person. Uh, no Instagram, nothing like that. Although maybe I should start one, whatever. But uh, that's pretty much all that's going on in my world right now. But um, here at the Cinema Beef Podcast, if you've got beef, we've got the grinder. See you guys next time.